0: Are you overworked, overstressed, and overwhelmed? You want life to be different, but you don't even know how to get there. Man, oh man, I lived there myself. And in my experience with working with thousands of people from all walks of life, there is one simple thing that holds so many of us back, a lack of time management. We may know what we want, but we often don't know how to get there and don't feel like we can add one more thing into our already busy day. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Action Planner. It's a 90-day inspired game plan that will give you total clarity on your greatest priorities and skyrocket your productivity on the tasks that matter most. And now, for a limited time, you can get your own copy for free And when you go to denisewalsh.com slash action. Denise Walsh, D-E-N-I-S-E-W-A-L-S-H dot com slash action, A-C-T-I-O-N. Put your information in and we will send this action planner directly to your inbox. So you can set your goals, reprioritize your calendar and design your dream life today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest is the founder of B2Linked, which is a certified LinkedIn marketing partner. He has been a digital marketer for over a decade, and when he lost his job unexpectedly, he decided to pursue his own business and his own entrepreneurial journey, basically against every bone in his body. (laughs) But when you become good at something and you can niche yourself as the expert in an area, Everybody wants to work with you. And that is what our next guest found to be true for himself. So without further ado, I would love to welcome AJ Wilcox to the Dreamcast.
1: Thanks so much, Denise. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Yay. Thank you so much, AJ. I'm excited to hear your story and get to know you a bit because you are a long time digital marketer whose entrepreneurial journey has taken you all over the place, but truly you're an expert in your field. And so I'm excited to see and hear a bit about how you got here. So I know that you didn't jump into being an entrepreneur. Like it wasn't absolutely in your roots growing up. So tell me a little bit about what you did before you started your business.
1: Yeah, so I've always been interested in money and in entrepreneurship. There's always been an energy there that I really really liked. I'm very conservative my wife is too. My family growing up, I mean my dad was a VP at a bank. I mean, you just, you don't get more conservative financially than that. While I was in college, I would go to these like entrepreneurship meetups and talk to people and just feel the energy. But if you would have asked me, you know, 10 years ago, AJ, do you think you'd ever start a business? I'd go, "No, it's just it's not for me. I don't think I ever could." But yeah, this this whole entrepreneurship thing is is new and it really started from a journey of faith rather than me saying, I'm an entrepreneur, I may go out and like stab it.
0: It's so funny because you're right. Like, there's a, some of us that are, it, it seems like it's intriguing, but yet it's a step, it's a risk. It's like, I'm not sure I'm ready to go there. So, what was your JOB before you started your business?
1: So, I've been doing digital marketing for about the last 12 years. Okay. Um, I started out in a couple different agencies. I went in-house. I I started out doing a lot of search engine optimization, some Google AdWords advertising. And then after about 6 years of being in the industry, I got recruited into a a locally highly venture-backed startup, big funded startup here in the state of Utah where I live. And on my very first day, I walked into the CMO and I laid out my plan for all the different kinds of marketing I wanted to do. And I remember her saying, "Uh, okay, all that sounds great. Go ahead and execute. But just so you know, we started a pilot using LinkedIn ads, so see what you can do. And of course, I said, Yes, ma'am, absolutely. I saluted and walked out of her office. And then I walked out and kind of laughed and said, I've been doing this for six years. I've never heard about LinkedIn ads. Like, it must be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but really, I didn't want to look stupid to my new boss. So I, I left her office and immediately started you know, spending a lot of time there. And what happened next was really interesting because it was not the only channel of marketing that I was running, but it was the one that the sales team noticed. The sales team came up to me about 2 weeks later. And one of the guys said, AJ, we don't know what you're doing over here, but we are fighting over your lead to keep it up. And I went and looked at the leads he was talking about, and every single one of them was sourced from LinkedIn. So I went like, okay, mental note here. There's something really powerful about LinkedIn ads that I didn't realize before.
0: Okay. So this is all in your corporate setting.
1: Yep. That was all before I ever considered being out on my own. I I thought I was going to be working my way up the corporate ladder for the rest of my life and living that one.
0: Okay. But you certainly got a lot of experience with Google, with social media, with Facebook, and then now with LinkedIn, which we'll talk about in a minute, because I feel like it's an underutilized platform. At least I know I don't use it. And I, we do a lot of social media um, advertising and things. But what happened next? So you were, you're working at this job. You're learning a lot. You're getting good results. Like People want the leads that you're bringing in. What happened next?
1: Yes. Yeah, so this is back in 2011 or 2012. The LinkedIn ads platform was absolutely terrible and you know, still is in some regards. And so I, I didn't love it, but I was loving the results. And so I really learned to master this platform, grew that account to become the largest spending ads account in the world on, on LinkedIn, uh, ended up having some really good relationships at LinkedIn start because of that. And uh, after about two and a half years of, of running, basically the... the biggest account in the world, I actually got walked to the HR office and realized I was being let go and at this time. I mean, this is like, like just total world crash for me. Uh, Cause I had a wife with three kids and one on the way at home. And the pro- the whole prospect of like, Hey, you're not going to be able to provide for that new baby that's on, on, a, on his oh, way goodness. or on her way. Uh, is Going to be super scary. So I went home and talked to my wife and said, Hey, uh, I don't have a job anymore, but I've got this skill set that I think is really interesting. There doesn't seem to be anyone else in the world who's talking about LinkedIn ads. Like, there's no one training. If you Google search it, there's no one talking about tips and tricks and how to gain skills. Maybe that could be me. And I remember her saying, Okay, uh, that sounds good. I mean, of all the crazy crackpot ideas you've come up with, that sounds good, but I'd feel a lot better if you just went out and got a job like can you go get some job offers and I did I went and interviewed for about a month and ended up with four job offers and two of them were for way more money than I'd ever made at the at the full-time. Corporate position, and so that was really attractive. But you know, we're we're really you know faithful religious people, and so we we like to pray about our decisions. And so we, I prayed about every single one of those those uh, job offers, and even the ones that were you know getting up into the into the you know well into the six figures that I hadn't made before. And uh, I got very specific answers that were like, nope, turn it down. Nope, turn it down. After all four of those, and finally I was like, okay, well, what about this idea I've been kind of cooking in the back of my mind? And the answer I got from God was, yep, pursue it. That's the one you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and so wow. we, we've seen what happens when we get an answer from God and don't decide to, to follow it. So I was like, okay, hands up. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. You just like, please let this work out. Okay. And of course he always makes it happen.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's so much to your story at the top of your game. You know, you're like running the um, the top LinkedIn ad and you're, and you're getting good leads. You got let go. Was there like any good reason? <laughs> not
1: really at all. I don't know. I had, uh, I, it was, it was pretty political. Um, yeah. the, the reasoning that I got, the reasoning that I got was not the reason I was let go. And it was a little bit more personal. So anyway, that's. Yeah. <laughs> that well, what I happens. think is so
0: interesting is that like, we can see that as a blow. You know what I mean? You're at the top of the game. It's like, you're going in one direction. And all of a sudden there's a wall there <laughs> and you have to pivot when you weren't expecting to, but yet, it all turns out for good. And I think sometimes some of us, even listening, are in that spot right now where something happened that we didn't expect, that we didn't want, that we could be angry about, that we could stay here and like keep staring at the wall saying, like, why did you happen, Wall? <laughs> and we could really stay in this journey and be angry and resentful, but yet... When you look back, things always happen for a reason. And so that job loss ended up being a blessing in disguise, even if you didn't see it at the time.
1: Yeah, and it's very rare that you talk to someone who talks about a, a big blow to their ego like this that doesn't say, I'm really glad that happened. Like it led me to yeah. the next thing that made me really happy, you know, really happy. And I, I say exactly the same thing. I, I went through all seven stages of grief over the, <laughs> getting fired, you know, that's just, it never feels good. It's, it's really hard to get over that. But now I can definitely say, although I didn't enjoy going through that, that whole process, I am so glad it happened.
0: Uh, oh man, anybody who's going through that grief right now, We all know that there'll become a time where you say, oh, now I get it. Now I get it.
1: And I, trust me, I feel for you right now. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. And I think we go through those transitions consistently throughout our life. It's not a straight line. We always are pivoting and, and learning new things and transitioning. And, and so with every transition, there's a little bit of grief or fear or worry because it, we're stepping into the unknown. And I'm sure that happened for you as well. Okay, so I want to hear about you praying for these job offers. And how did you hear that? Like, was it audible? Was it in your gut? Tell me a little bit about this process of making the decision.
1: It's really, really hard to describe how I get answers to prayer. Sometimes it's it's almost audible. Sometimes, you know, we, we talk about the Holy Spirit being this still small voice. That's really how it feels. Sometimes it'll just be a thought in my mind where I go, wait, I, I know I didn't come up with that, but it's it's consistent. So that's how I you know, I, you gotta tune it over time to you know to know, wait, was that me or was that the spirit?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's very cool to develop that habit. And and then when you pray over the decisions, you kind of have to take that step back to listen and then really feel within your body or, you know, keep your ears open so you can decide. And then you took action on it, which again is another step of faith, because we can sometimes say, say yes to something that's good, but not necessarily great because it's comfortable. And you could have said yes to a six figure income when another baby's on the way and it seems safe but you didn't. So tell me how you navigated through that.
1: Yeah. I I mean, so that whole first 5 months of starting the business was really scary. It was one of the hardest times of my life. I I remember specifically, we locked down our spending so much because we decided at that point, we had 11 months of runway because we're pretty big savers, 11 months to see if this business is going to work. And so I remember we just didn't spend a dime on anything that we didn't have to. We had a fight one time at the grocery store because my wife picked up Kraft macaroni and cheese instead of the, the generic brand that was 10 cents cheaper. You know, like that was the kind of stress level that, that we were going through at that time, which I, again, I'm glad we went through, but don't, don't wish on anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, after that, I mean, month one was, okay, look online, try to find anyone who's who's doing anything and looking for help around LinkedIn ads, see if I can pull on some some freelance contracts. Month two was a lot of like meeting with past friends and colleagues and doing lunch and just letting people know I was h- kind of hanging this shingle out there. Month three was a lot of in-person networking. Uh, in month four, I went on what I call my "fake it till you make it" tour. <laughs> I I just I I knew that you know LinkedIn's in San Francisco. I had all my contacts out there, and so I just booked a trip. Didn't have anything to do, but booked a trip and then emailed all of those contacts and said, "Hey, I'm going to be." Around, do you want to go? You know, grab a bite to eat, grab coffee or whatever, and ended up making some really good relationships and forging some headway there. And then by month five, I had already, as an agency, recouped my my monthly pay from my past job. And it was after five months I kind of wiped the sweat from my brow and said, "Yes, I think this is actually going to work."
0: Okay, you differentiated yourself from the others because you had a special skill set. And then I love you said 11 month runway, like you head down, buried, focused, created momentum within your business by just simply taking action until it started to gain traction.
1: Yeah. And you really have no choice if if you're fretting over that extra 10 cents for mac and cheese.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. You don't have a plan B at that point. You're like, this has to work. And so your belief in yourself, your belief in the product that you're marketing and the need of it to be out in the world, like it has to be so strong because there is no other option.
1: Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, not only was this whole thing just a giant blessing, uh, but I also don't think I could have done it without a very deep specialty. So anyone who's listening who's going, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't want to work for anyone else because I, I'm, I'm doing this alone. I'll just give you a quick reminder. I worked for 7 years in the, in the industry, or I guess it was probably closer to 9. 9 years in the industry to gain my expertise. And that was expertise I gained while someone else was paying me so that I could have this individual niche skill that I was the best at in the entire world and I could form a business around. So don't feel like you're not a good enough entrepreneur if you're not there yet. Like, don't be ashamed to work for someone else and get paid to get trained.
0: Ooh, I love that. Paid to get trained. Oh my gosh. Because then we really can niche down and and figure out what we like, what we're good at, and become the best in that area.
1: That's right. Find out what you are the best in the world at.
0: Yeah. and then And then own it loudly, right? <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to go into social media advertising and some of the things that you've learned. Um, But before we step into that, I want to know about any ups and downs throughout you beginning your business. What were some of the big aha moments you had along the way?
1: During year one, it was really just me. I started bringing on um, some part-time interns from the local university, and I figured I can't afford someone who's full-time yet you know, for 40 hours a week. But if I got two 20-hour-a-week people, then that's the same, right? <laughs> and what I found out pretty quickly is I had a hard time delegating the tasks to them because it takes so much Time to to train them on things. So I didn't get full use out of them. And then also, anytime that you're working with a, an intern or a student in any way, like you just have to be prepared. Finals and midterms come up; they're just going to be gone. Like they're they're gone that entire week, and it's all back on you. So after year one, I finally hired my first full time person. And even though it was so so hard to to say, I'm going to start paying money out to this person who is not bringing me any extra money all they're doing is just giving me some of my time back it was the best you know one of the best decisions i've I've ever made so glad i brought that person on
0: it is interesting to go from a solopreneur to working with a team of people that are all focused on the same goal because i know not everybody cares as much as we do about our baby so how did you find someone that fit with you well
1: I have a personal mission that I feel very strongly about that when I was first in college and I was studying marketing, but I was working a tech job and I went, who in the world is going to hire me for a marketing position after I graduate when all my experience is just in tech? And that sounds funny now because marketing is so technical, but those were the, the unfounded fears of a college student at the time. And, and I had a, a guest lecturer come into one of my, my uh, marketing classes and talk about SEO search engine optimization and it was there that I made this connection that was like wow technical plus marketing that's what I want to do and so I went up after class and I begged this poor man for an internship and that really launched my career So what I'm hoping to do with all of my employees and you know I, I've had uh, nine or ten employees up to this point and for all of them it was I want to find someone who knows that they want to make a mark on the world with digital marketing they just don't know how to do it and I'm taking someone you know brand new entry level and giving them the same opportunity that that man, Bruce, granted to me, you know, 12 years ago in my career.
0: Oh, cool. That's really special. And when you've got that passion and that vision, you're going to find people who line exactly up with that.
1: Yeah. And the the idea here is that you can, you can train on skills, but you can't train on passion. So what I'm looking for is someone who's hungry. Every time I go to hire someone, I want passion and drive. Show me these things and I can make a marketer out of you.
0: Yeah. The rest is learned for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. I love that. Okay. So give us some tips because we have a lot of people listening who want to grow their business, whether they are in network marketing or they've got a side gig, like their side hustle. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. I know we've got some stay-at-home moms who just want to make extra income and social media gives us a reach right? that we didn't have 10 years ago. So what are some... Things that you've learned specifically about building a brand and connecting with an audience through social media.
1: Well, so first of all, I'll kind of break this into two pieces and say, kind of talk about what what social media is and what it's not. Uh, what it's not is search marketing, and so these activities that we know as search marketing are things like search engine optimization, what we call SEO, Google AdWords, Bing Ads. Google just changed their name. Now they're just Google ads. But those types of activities, what they are so good at is when someone types a keyword that is so closely related to your product or service that your ad can show up, what you're doing is you're capturing the demand, the people who are actively looking for you right now. And this will translate to deals you know, tomorrow, someone could buy your product today, you'll have a conversation today. It's it's very powerful. But what that does not get you is control over who the person is who's doing the searching. Versus when you start talking about social media, we lose that intent targeting ability, where you're looking for people based off of what they're looking for right now. But what you gain is who they are professionally or personally. You know, If you're doing Facebook ads, you can capture people who are interested in a certain subject and are at a certain stage of their life and a certain age. On LinkedIn, we can target people by what industry they're in and how big the company is and what their job title is. And so just understanding what your message is uh, and which type of channel works best. Is it search or is it social?
0: Well, and I think that's really true because so many times we'll create content, post it and be like, come to me. (laughs) Everybody should see this when that's not true. We want to get in front of people who are looking for what we have. And then I love with Facebook targeting, you want to think, who is my target audience? Who am I looking for? Uh, Do you find that one works better than the other? Or it's truly just tailoring the message to fit the marketing?
1: So we are so heavily in business to business that Facebook... Uh, has been successful in the past with business to business just because it was so inexpensive and you'd cast your net pretty wide. Uh, Facebook has been removing targeting options from us for, for you know over the last 6 months. We lost the ability to target by job title, by company size. We just are losing a bunch of the third-party data. So things like if someone lives in a house that costs more than half a million, or if they own a boat, maybe they're an executive. So we've lost some of that kind of stuff. So what we find is particularly in business to business, where our deal sizes are large and where we are only talking to decision makers. LinkedIn ads is the only platform that makes sense for us. But of course, we know lots of people who are you know doing a, a good job on Facebook as well.
0: Interesting. Okay. So tell me a little bit about LinkedIn. Because I've been doing my own business for 10 years... Well, maybe not because... Really, I probably should be of using have been using this for 10 years to find people interested in what I do. But... I really haven't looked at LinkedIn since, you know, I put my job description up, you know, 10 years ago. So tell me a bit about, for those that aren't quite sure what it is, what is LinkedIn? How do you use it? And then how can you use it to build your brand?
1: LinkedIn is a social network that's only for professionals. You can share all of the same stuff that you already share on Facebook, but there just aren't bikini pictures and vacation shots and like the, the types of ultra personal things. LinkedIn started out back in 2012. If you would have asked me, I would have said it's a job site. It's a You go there every six months to update your resume or when you're looking for a new position. But in 2013, they rolled out a news feed. So now people go there to make connections and start conversations and you know, really make things happen from a a professional point of view.
0: And because you are doing business to business, that's why LinkedIn is so helpful for you, because that's a, a business related platform. Professionals are going there to meet other professionals.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, and even for business to consumer, it can be valuable. What is so cool about LinkedIn is while every other platform is trying to suppress your message and not show it to very many people, LinkedIn's doing the opposite. When you share something in your newsfeed that someone either hits like or comment or share on, LinkedIn looks at that and goes, Oh, good. This is interesting. Let's push it out to the person who committed that social action. Let's push it out a little bit to their network. And so you get this extreme virality that you can't get with any other network.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Have you found that a different, a specific type of ad works
1: better? Well... What we have found is that LinkedIn ads specifically, because it's pretty expensive, expensive in this case means you know six to nine dollars per click is usually what, what you're paying. Because of the, the high costs, we need a much larger deal size on the back end to make it worthwhile to, to have a return on your investment. So what we find is if you have if you're business to business, you're looking for a specific type of professional and you're gonna earn fifteen thousand dollars or more from the lifetime of you know, closing one of these deals or a partnership or something, then LinkedIn ads is definitely for you. If much less than that, then it might be worthwhile to, to avoid just because I think LinkedIn priced themselves out of the market in, in a lot of cases. Hmm.
0: Okay. So throughout the past few years, you've been in business for three and a half, four years now? Yeah. Okay. And you said you prayed a lot at the beginning of the business. How have you seen God work through building your business?
1: Uh, You know, I I think this might be leaving scripture a little bit, but I think God really does like business because if he if he helps prop us up as as believers, if we become more and more influential in business and in the world, then we have more money and more influence that we can help his children. So what I've seen specifically, like the business has done very well, and I probably don't deserve to be the beneficiary of that, but I absolutely love to share any chance I get to to serve, to further invest uh, either my time in in things that are going to to glorify him uh, or help share his message, then I get to, and that's that's something I couldn't do in the corporate world very well. But now, if there's a service opportunity or something, I can block off my calendar because I own my calendar, and I can go do that activity.
0: Mm. You know, that really kind of goes along with the, a money mindset podcast I did a few weeks ago, where. It's really your view on on money. We're blessed to be a blessing, and so when you're a good person and you have an income, you do more good things, and uh, it can really that's like the ripple effect that it really can have on the world.
1: Absolutely, and you get to make that decision too. The, it, more more money and more responsibility. Uh, well, I guess more money means more responsibility, and if you're if you're not careful, you can let that more money take you down. Uh, becoming more worldly and more involved in, in you know, pride type things, or you can use it to bless the lives of others. And of course, I've, I've felt the sway both directions. And it's, it's, it's constantly trying to to make sure that I'm doing things that are charitable and, and for others' benefit um, and less for feeding my own ego.
0: Right, right. Has there been a time over the past four years where you wanted to give up or you felt like, oh my gosh, this is
1: hard? Never giving up. I mean, I felt very, very good about the business from the very beginning. There were a couple times during the business where things did get hard. Where you know, I'll lose my most senior employee, and then getting a a more junior employee to to kind of pick up that slack. It's really hard because clients don't get the, the best service during that time. And then I, I don't get to feel very good about our product as we're, we're trying to you know develop our, our own staff. There was a time where I realized, holy cow, half of our revenue comes from a single client. If I lose that client, that's really scary. So things like that have come up. Um, but for the most part, it's, it, I feel really good about where we're going. And I continue to invest in things that aren't always going to, to produce revenue. But they're, they're things that I'm investing in a personal brand and in helping others that you do enough of that and something is gonna come back
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what is your vision for your business over the next the next four years
1: you know you have kind of two directions you can take a business uh, you can either sell it or grow it to be massive and I just don't think either makes sense in, in my case I think this will probably always be a lifestyle business for for me and for my family but I hope at some point to help the brand become not just me where you know, B2Linked can be the, the LinkedIn ads experts of the world. And I can then step away and do a little bit more vacations and a little bit more, you know, time with my family. That's what I'm hoping.
0: Mm, so really raising up your, your interns and your staff to duplicate you in a sense so it doesn't necessarily all fall on
1: your shoulders. Exactly. And it's probably going to be a little while, but I don't know, maybe in four years, you'll, you know, we'll have this conversation from a vacation or something I'm taking.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we'll be like, so how are the Bahamas today? <laughs> <laughs> so now you have four kiddos, a wife at home. Tell me how they have viewed your growth throughout this transition.
1: I think it's been really fun for them because when I was in corporate, we were incentivized to spend time away from home. You know, there were meals provided in the workplace, spot bonuses given if you were found there late at night, you know, things like that that would make me take time away from home. Uh, When I didn't own my own calendar, we just didn't take a whole lot of vacations as a family. But now because I do own my calendar, my wife can say, hey, in six months, we are going to do this cruise or we're going to take a road trip with the family. And it's blocked off and I can do it and not have to ask anyone. anyone anyone permission. Um, Now they see me because I work from home. Um, So as soon as I leave the office here at 530 or six or whatever, I can go out and actually spend time with my kids. I feel like they know me, whereas they probably didn't know me before.
0: And that in itself is
1: priceless. Yes, exactly. And it's one of those things I, you couldn't have convinced me before that this was even possible. But now that I've made the jump to the other side and become an entrepreneur, and now I'm running my business, I look back at the way I used to be and go, man, you were such an idiot. Like, look how cool life can be. And I just, I didn't know until, until I knew.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Especially when we aren't raised to know or take risks, I grew up, my dad was an accountant, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and I loved my childhood but I just didn't know about entrepreneurship and you know you go to school to get a job and that's just kind of the way the world works and so to have this to step outside of that box and do something different is a risk but it sounds like it's a risk that's paid off big for you.
1: Yes, and to anyone who's listening who your parents are entrepreneurs and you've known this all along like Cheers to you. You're, you're doing it great. Uh, obviously, Denise and I, we we didn't quite have that. And I think we're I can speak for both of us. We're very glad we found it. Yeah,
0: it is. It's really... It's an eye-opener. I mean, I just made my boys macaroni and cheese and came in here to record this and then we'll go do something else. You know what I mean? It is. It's kind of the best of both worlds. But, but it doesn't come easy and it doesn't come quickly. And there's a lot of faith required in kind of owning your unique strength and then stepping into it and being loud about it to the world. So is there anything else about your journey that you feel our audience needs to hear?
1: I, I don't think so. Just, just reiterating faith and, I mean, ask. We know in James 1, five that whatever you ask, our Heavenly Father is really happy to answer. So make sure you're asking and make sure you're listening. And then service. Uh, any chance that you get, do service. Uh, because us blessing lives uh, of the rest of God's children are how I think we, we proved to him that we're worthy of you know, more of his investment into helping us do more of that.
0: Mm, I love that. Well, if you guys are interested in learning more about B2 Linked, all of the information will be in the show notes. And check it out because LinkedIn is an untapped market. And it seems like it's going to bring quality leads that are interested in what you have because of just the nature of the platform. And AJ, you are absolutely a pioneer in in LinkedIn. You are an expert in not just LinkedIn, but in digital marketing as a whole. And I'm really excited to see where you are in the next four
1: years. Awesome. Well, Denise, thanks so much for allowing me to share with your audience. And hopefully everyone here got at least something out of this.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so, so much. Have a great day.